don't remember how it goes. Yeah, it's like chill, probably chiller than it should be. I think it goes like, there's a lady who knows all that glitters is gold. And she's buying a stairway to heaven. That's our theme song. We've always <laughs> it's always been right? Stairway to Heaven Acapella. Good evening, Meatsuits. Welcome back to Read It and Weave Season 4. Just three guys with perfect opinions about movies, TV, and pop culture. I am your host, Alex Falcone, recording, as always, from North Koreatown, Los Angeles. Um, the home of lawnmower season, which you might be able to hear. There's at least seven lawnmowers going on outside of my house. Also joined uh, from Southeast Portland, he's at Anthony Lopez PT2 on Twitter. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Excited to be here. Um, thank you for um, giving me one of your many can openers, Anthony. I really appreciate it. No worries. Uh, just leave the Star Trek Enterprise can opener I have, because I like that one a lot. Even though it's not a very good can opener. It's more <laughs> of an aesthetic thing than a uh, utility thing. Also joining us, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd. He's in the woods of Arkansas, where he's just finished planting... A whole year's worth of food. Please welcome Mr. Hunter Donaldson. Now, I wanted to be the guy with the stick. The stick guy walking around with the stick mm. that tells you where the, the water divinity, is. The oh, yeah, you wanted the, the divining rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I forgot about the stick guy. Oh, man, Which, divining is funny. The, I, okay, I know we're going to talk about that movie in a minute, but yeah. I want to just talk about divining rods. So I yes. remember learning about them in school for some reason, and we mm-hmm. did them. Uh, and then for a long time, I was like, that's bullshit, right? That's not real. But is it real? Uh, is is that an actual real thing? No, it's not. I mean, it, it is a thing that people do. It is not real. It's magic. But like a lot of people do things. It's There are plenty of superstitions. So like, yeah, it's like not breaking a mirror in that it's real a thing people try not to do. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, wait, it's... Wait. Why did Just, I do it in school then? Why that's did a good they... question because I also remember learning about divining rods in elementary school, and I do not understand the context now. But yeah, like I, the I think there's some people movie. that don't want to let go of it that they're just like, no, it, it's real, it's real. I believe well, it. This guy was charging two hundred dollars for it, so that was just a scam. That's yeah. different. Um, but he no, was doing no, it's a, not weird... a scam if you believe it. Okay, that's, sure, that's true. It gets the job done. If it gets, if you have water at the end of it, it's it's a just you know exchanging goods for services, money. For yeah, services, you know. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about the ending of the movie, but it is weird that it does seem like one of the points of the movie is that divining rods work. Yeah. There is yeah. that's one of the arcs is they come around on divining rods, which is crazy. Um, I always learned it though is you hold two sticks that are sort of L shaped. And you hold them in each hand, and then they kind of, when they cross, that's where water or gold mm. or whatever is. And he just had one, and that way, because then it's just like a, well, it's like a, a voodoo uh, or a, 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 a um, Ouija board. It's like a Ouija board where your subtle motion of your muscles you don't realize is actually doing it. That makes well, sense with two sticks. This guy's stick, he just pointed it down whenever he felt like it. So here's the thing, like. Because I was talking about my wife about this last night after we watched the movie, and yeah. kind of trying to figure out. Without going to the internet, but I remember learning about like divinity rods, the Just same divining t- rods, divining rods, rods. Uh, the same in like the same class that they also taught us about like the way you can make a compass out of like a piece of metal. <laughs> 
This was in your like wilderness survival guide. I don't know. I I have no idea why the fuck they were teaching us. That's but like that is a questionable decision from your education. But you can make a compass out of like a cup of water and a needle, right? In a cork, yeah, yeah. So that part that part is true. I I I will say, yeah, I think that is real. Is uh, the the rods things? I don't. Also, this we'll get to it in a second. But the scene in uh, Minori when the the crazy co-worker uh, employee guy is anointing the house with uh, yes. oil. Mm-hmm. Sacred oil, is, yeah. I have never felt more seen by a movie. Uh, in terms <laughs> of like, holy, I have never seen that in a movie before. This is and relatable I, to your childhood as well. Yeah, I had to explain to Heather, like, oh yeah, every time we would move to a new house, you have to yeah. anoint all your doorways. Uh, and it would be like a, a big thing. And I just... I'm so happy I saw that in a that movie. That is finally. fascinating. Uh, I so did. Did you ever um, every week carry a cross, a full size cross, uh, down the dirt road to symbolize Jesus's walk? I mean, metaphorically, I'm carrying that cross with me everywhere <laughs> I go, every day of my week. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, brother. That's called that's called a uh, religious guilt. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that was you know really shoved into my head uh, growing it's, up. At same at the same time, it's lighter and heavier than the wooden cross. Oh, yeah. I mean, less splinters, but definitely heavier, I would say. It's <laughs> yeah. All right. More we are, exhausting. It's, we're, we, clearly, we want to talk more about Minari, but we have two movies up today. Um, and this episode and both of the movie discussions are brought to you, as always, by our fabulous and loyal meat buddies. Except that one, you know who you are. Motherfucker. If you'd like to join them, except for that one, and help us the, help the show uh, keep self-sabotaging down the tracks, go to Metreon.com. <laughs> And we appreciate everybody but that one person who supports the show. All right. Um, so before we talk about Minari, we have, we're doing two. Uh, this is part of our three-week running Oscar coverage 2021. Um, so we're, uh, as I mentioned off the air, we've picked the year where the Oscars are going to be the least viewed of all time. And we're going all in on them. So mm-hmm. these are the Oscars no one cares about. And we're going to wa- we're doing three whole weeks. We're going to care. So okay. We're, we're making decided it it'll be thing. us who cares. Yeah. So we were watching our um, third and fourth of the Best Picture nominees. Mm-hmm. Today, we are watching Nomadland and Minari, which, like last week's, were picked kind of arbitrarily, but do dovetail well together, I think. Yeah. In a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Kind of interesting. So and, we're gonna- uh, also something they have in common, both very good movies so that is definitely the the i liked one more than the other interestingly enough um but i do think both of them showcase beautiful parts of the american landscape Mm -hmm. so that's interesting also uh no wait that's not true never mind i almost said something that's not true okay so let's start out with nomadland forget the lie it's not real yeah Okay, yeah. Nomadland, uh, the 2020 d- drama starring Frances McDormand and written, directed, produced, edited by Chloe Zhao, who is so lazy she could only manage four major jobs on this film. Uh, anybody <laughs> well, who's worth yeah, their well, shit would have at least also done the sound design. Well, I mean, to be fair, she was a $200 million Marvel movie at the same time as this. So, oh, I shit. mean, that was like also, you know, she was... The, yeah, I that's cr- wait. I didn't know she had a Mar- which which Marvel movie did she do? The Eternals, the Angelina. It hasn't Jolie come out yet. Come out, oh, she's working on that. Oh, okay. yeah. cool. Well, it's yeah, probably pretty that. interesting. But this is like the thing we've been talking about before, where somebody makes a couple of interesting indie movies and then has to go be ruined by the studio. Yeah, I don't even I, know why those movies have directors anymore. Because like, what? Like, not to take any credit away from anyone in particular. Well, but I am though. 
Uh, I feel like those movies are now mostly <laughs> directed. take credit away. Yeah, actually, I am going to do it. Uh, because I feel like those movies are mostly directed by, like, the previs people, yes. like, the special effects people. So, what, you're coming in to do what? Like, the scenes where they talk? It, unless it's, yeah. like, happening in the middle of, like, a battle sequence, in which well, case... So- Probably not. Well, so then it's just you're just lending your credibility as an indie director to a film that's being made the same way. That's regardless. the part I don't like, Alex. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I like weird. it actually better because I feel like it would destroy your soul if you actually had to direct a whole Marvel Marvel movie. So I'd rather Probably. you just get the I'm check. I'm not saying put your that they should it. want to do it. I'm not like I'm not saying every every director should have an action movie in their heart that they have to get out for the <laughs> mouse conveniently. <laughs> But it does just, it just feels weird. That's the way it's all set up. Like somebody, an executive saw Nomadland and was like, you know what? I think this Chloe would be real good for like superhero gods mm. flying around or well, something. Was, like, I don't know. It was before this. So she, she was prepping that. Oh yeah, you're right. This you're right. In between. So this you're was, right, they right. saw the writer of film before this and thought, right. let's fucking, I bet this lady could get Camille to really get jacked. Which uh, I, I want to be clear, it's, it's not like we're saying she's going to do a bad job. No, no, no. She's going to no. do a great job. She's a kick-ass director. Yeah. yeah. But like, and, it's just weird that this is the way that the industry is set up right now. Well, well I will I, say, just since we're on this topic, I would just like to remind, I've said this before, but I have a lot of indie cred. I've never done anything people have seen. Mm-hmm. I would be willing to direct a movie for Disney. I would be willing. I think any be Star Wars Marvel it. franchise, either yeah. way, not. I, w- I would even do detective comics. Uh, You're the type of guy that they need to tap, you know? Yeah. Seriously, um, <laughs> I will lend my credibility to literally anybody. Well, let's let's talk about her, the good movie she did make. Yes, yeah, so let's talk than about the this movie first. So this form, is available. Right? Uh, so this is based on the nonfiction book Nomadland: Surviving America in the 21st Century by Jessica Bruder, and it is available on Hulu. So if you'd like to spend six dollars to subscribe and then immediately cancel Hulu, you can do that. Um, well, if you hey email me, I'll give you my brother-in-law's password. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got you. What a generous I got you, Um, but I I I really like this. Okay, like well let me give you the summary. Movies. Don't tell us. Don't, don't, yeah, yeah. Okay. Summarize. Summarize. Uh, let me summarize first. For people who have not seen Nomadland, and because these both these movies um, are current, we're going to be a little less spoilery than we would be otherwise. Um, this one's probably I got less even to spoil than the other one, but let me give you my micro summary of Nomadland and then stop me if anything you think I said is giving away too much. So Frances McDormand is recently widowed by her husband, her job at the gypsum mine and the town which she lived in that has stopped existing. Uh, she decides to sell everything she owns buy a van and drive around the country staring at things and pooping in a bucket. She takes a wide variety of jobs, uh, drives to a variety of campgrounds, stares at a variety of American locations and poops in a variety of buckets. She also meets a variety of suspiciously realistic characters played by actors with the same name as the characters and who have no other movies on IMDb and all have the same default avatar. Suspicious. The only <laughs> other actor she meets is David Strathern, and they have the chillest romance of all time, mostly standing around staring at things and pooping in separate buckets and not interacting at all. Um, that's the movie. Yeah, I, um... I, just, I... Can I... Can I, I, I know you were doing a bit there, but the, I just want to point out, like, the, the people that were uh, featured in the book play themselves in the movie. Yes. They yeah. play versions of themselves yes. where there are things that are adapted a little bit and changed a little bit. Yeah, that that's what I... my I wasn't trying to... Yeah, my bit was pretending I didn't understand that. But when, like, early on, I was like, these people seem suspiciously realistic. And so I looked at IMDb and it was like, all of them are the same name and have the default avatar. Yeah. And I was like, I feel it. I they are what's going playing on. 
sort of themselves. They yes, and I mean, this looking into the um, sort of behind the scenes stuff with this movie and like some of the performances and um, confessions she was able to get out of some of these people um, is really incredible. This is the type of movie that as I get older and um, sort of, you know, kind of calm down a little bit and sort of my fiery opinions about movies and sort of reevaluate what I think is like really, really great films or whatever. This okay, is the type so if of you're movie listening that- at home, if you've been listening for these last couple of years with Anthony, remember this is the calmed down version. <laughs> this is <laughs> but, the less fiery version of his movie opinions. But this, uh, what I was going to say is that this is the type of movie that I definitely would have really liked a lot, like, you know, a handful of years ago, but I would not have thought about like how impressive of a movie this was mm. in terms of pitting it together. And this is the type of movie now that as I, as I'm older, sort of, you know, have a more worldly sense of what is going on, how movies are made. This is the type of film that is like, it looks so effortless in the way it's put together and shot and or like, you know, uh, edited and all that. But it is the amount of work and care and tenderness you need to get all of these, uh, sequences and to like build a cohesive story out of yeah. all these different locations, all these different non-actors. It's just you're such. You're doing essentially you're doing a documentary with as a movie with mm-hmm. a lot of them, where you're like interviewing them about their lives, but they're instead of a uh, an interviewer, it's Francis McDormand pretending to be one of yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, and... this is certainly uh, my f- main thought after finishing this was I really wish they hadn't given her the Oscar for three billboards uh, <laughs> because this is what she deserves. The- I mean, she well, was really good in that movie, but me, that movie sucks. Let uh, me ask you a question about Francis McDormand because I love Francis McDormand. But watching this after having watched three billboards last year, I do wonder how much range like do you hear me out? Do you think Francis McDormand has the range? to play a character who has at one point in their life experienced joy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> is that possible? You, you think she, yeah. could, she plays some dour fellas. Yeah. In, but in she also career. is like, look at like Fogo and her, like her performance, her Oscar. You've never seen. Yeah. She, she, she started uh, out as a yeah. very, very like pleasant character actor type. Yeah. You okay. know, I all mean, right. you look at like all She's of her evolved Cohen. into a grump. All yeah. of her Cohen yes. brothers. You know, I mean, obviously she's married to Joel, um, but like all oh, of her work obvious. With, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, her and Joel Cohen have been together forever. I mean, oh. I well, you said obviously like I should have known that from just looking at her, which was not well, obvious to me. This I mean, it is. I mean, to be fair to Anthony, it is kind of a well-known fact. Yeah, they're a very one. famous celebrity couple. But like, you know, like the Francis McDormand, when you think <laughs> about like the house, like I don't know if you ever like no. ever heard about the uh, when her Holly Hunter the Cohen brothers and Sam Raimi all lived in a house together in their early twenties. Oh. Uh, it's just the coolest thing it's in cool the world. house. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she is filled with really fun, delightful characters. Constantly. All right. So she's just, she's, so she's choosing not to, that's what I was, I guess I was feeling. Yeah, it's like a turn. It's, it's like a turn in her career that now she is not playing the like cheery, charming. Uh, sometimes I, I feel like her thing has more been, because of all the Coen Brothers uh, collaborations, she's been the cheery, charming, kind of lighter character in a mm-hmm. world where there's a lot of dark stuff going around, yeah. going on in the, you know, in the periphery and stuff. Yeah, just think of her in like Burn After Reading and her yeah. sort of wildness and that. But also, I think that there is a a sort of more cynical 
really depressing part is that she is a a female actress of a certain age. Mm-hmm. You know what roles do they get offered? Like I was reading the God, who was it? There was some actress. Oh, Carrie Ann Moss. I was reading an interview with her when she said on her fortieth birthday she got um, a grandmother role offered to her. Oh right. my God. That's just like what you know. There's just not a lot of roles. For, you know, women uh, uh, who are older, like Frances McDormand, even though she's a fucking legend, she won an Oscar two years ago. Um, But she also, like, this movie was Frances's baby, right? She yeah. she's the one who read the she, book. She read she's the book. The main... She liked it. She yeah, lived she, in a van. She pooped in a bucket. She, she did the whole thing. It, she brought this to <laughs> Chloe uh, and, like, kind of worked on the project with her. And so, like, this is definitely, like... You know, a real thing of passion for her. I she think brought it she's... to Chloe and literally nobody else. Yeah. She was like, Chloe, I would like you to do all of the jobs on this film. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Don't I, let anyone get in here and fuck it up. Uh, I thought this movie was definitely um, really, you know, like som- somber, really well shot and edited. It is, I think, the best thing I could say about this movie. I think why I maybe liked it more than like you, Alex, was I went in being kind of actually hesitant about it because I was really scared that this movie was going to uh, make not necessarily glorify this lifestyle, but kind of create a situation in which mm-hmm. like, it's sort of like the, um, what was the Sean Penn movie about the guy who goes out into the wild, uh, into the wild, whatever into the that, wild. Yeah. yeah. But like, the way that movie celebrates and dry has driven a lot of people or that like Reese Witherspoon movie right. about that walk through Oregon that's caused like thousands yeah, yeah. of people from all over to do it. <laughs> I really didn't yeah, want including this movie. Our, our friend, Portland comedian, Brandon Lyons is going to yeah. hike the Pacific crest trail. Um, but I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> is but crazy? This, like this movie doesn't necessarily like glorify this lifestyle in a way that it's going to like make people like I'm certainly people will do it but i think that like i think the worst case scenario for this movie is it comes out people really like it and next summer at that uh campground thing that they go through there's right. like twenty thousand uh yuppies and people who aren't struggling and are doing this because they think it's cool you know what i mean like yeah so but you're saying that it did not glorify it I, I don't think it does in that way. I don't way. think it does either, but yeah. I would also say, like, I feel like Fight Club didn't glorify fighting, and certainly the Watchmen did not glorify comic book heroes. I think we've discussed before, yeah. America's ability to take the wrong message from a movie yeah. is it's super hardcore. heroic. Yeah, it but is that's, yeah. very well developed. Yes. Yeah, but no, I mean, no matter what, this movie, like that campground that she goes to every summer in this movie, it's going to be busier than ever yes. next year, right? Yes. Right. But I think that there's a way that this movie walks a line that I think it is like respectful and incredibly grounded and is about like sort of, you know, these forgotten people in America and the way corporations, you know, sort of take advantage and move things around. Right. Uh, which I thought also like, I've seen a lot of people kind of complaining that this movie's not harsh enough on Amazon. No, I was going like, to say, yeah, the corporations take advantage of people like the brilliant help of Amazon.com, who's lending mm-hmm. a bill, who will pay for your stay and pay you very well for your wonderful New Year's work. And she Amazon. says it's, com. It, yeah. the good money line. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And as soon as I saw the logo not covered up in the store, I was like, well, they're not going to well, show anything real about Amazon mm, because yeah, Amazon's clearly be involved. Well, here's so, okay. I, I It sucks because I wanted, my plan was like, I want to say a 
a bunch of really nice things about this movie and then talk about this Amazon thing, but it's come up already. So I yeah. just want to say we the thing that grinds my nice things if you want. Well, I, I mean, okay. So I think, uh, I think this movie was directed impeccably. Like the, the amount of discipline that you're seeing of like, here's, here's handheld. Here's just like, just let me just show you this scene. Let me keep it simple. Let's do it documentary style. And then have these like kind of cinematic flourishes in between the way that is all paced out is like masterful to me. Yes. Mm, and if you yeah. ever want to just get me on board with any film, put real people in it. That's I oh. love it. I'll never get enough of it. Really? I think it's great. Oh man, I feel yes. the other way. I'm like, film is a director's medium. It's not an actor's medium. Okay. Oh, interesting. You, you can a good director can do anything with anybody, basically. And it's yeah. and I'm not saying it's easy, but a good director can do it. And I think I think Chloe, this is the first Chloe Zhao film I've ever seen. And I think she's definitely a a great. I think she's a capital A plus. Person. You think she's earned her Marvel movie? I think. She, well, I mean, it just bums me out because I'm like, oh, I want. Yeah, I'm okay. just seeing this first movie. And I'm like, I want to see something cool soon again. But well, yeah. she I, has three other movies or two other movies. You can go back and well, watch good. now. Yeah, yeah go backwards, I'll, I'll not forwards. It's probably usually yeah. a good idea. Anyway, I want to. I want to say. Some, you, I want to finish the Amazon thought. No, I do quick. too, but I want to finish the nice part first, and then okay, I want to sure. talk about the Amazon. Go ahead, so go I, ahead. I, I agree with you about the directing. I think the movie is certainly beautiful. It did not glorify pooping in a bucket for me, but it did make me want to go to the Badlands, and it did not make me want to work in a sugar beet factory or go mm -hmm. to Wall Drug. So it was like kind of like it had a little bit of. And it did make me want to work for Amazon. So it had some things that were positive and some things that it actually, I think, did not glorify, even though it could have. Um, also, I like, I really, you know, I mean, I enjoyed the American West, obviously, is a big part of my life. They've been, they were in three states that I have lived in. Uh, the, I mean, they, the the movie starts and ends in Empire, Nevada, which is in Washoe County, which is where I grew up. Um, not in that ghost town, but in that county. Um and uh, I love the uh, yeah, especially the stuff in in uh, South Dakota is just so unbelievably beautiful. Mm. And Arizona, it's just incredible. Um, so yeah, really beautiful. I am a little on the other side. I would like professionals only. I feel like amateurs are a little less fun for me to watch, um, especially when you have two actors. Because if it's just Francis McDormand and real people, that's kind of an interesting thing. It's like when you have like. A bunch of kids play soccer with one pro on a team that's fun to mm -hmm. watch but like the idea of as, as soon as a second actor showed up i was like well we don't have to wonder if he's going to be important later because he's literally the only other person who's an actor here so but he's going to be mean, here I, for a while i i think it's just crazy i, I think that the quote-unquote non-actors in this movie are incredible and she really got an amazing themselves. i can play myself and i'm a terrible actor I don't think that's true, Alex. I, I really don't think that's <laughs> I think true. I'm I, great. No, no, not that you're a t not that you, I think it's true that you're probably a terrible I don't, actor. But I, I, but I think I you're think that, uh, you're maybe yeah. underestimating how difficult it is to be yeah. yourself for a movie. Yeah, especially when you look at you know, there's the um, the guy who runs the camp. There's like a, a, yeah. a fairly heartfelt uh, confession he makes at one yeah. point in the movie, mm -hmm. which is like. Something that I was reading this interview with him, he had only ever talked about that with like four people before. He never talked. He hates talking about that. And it was the type of thing like him and Chloe became very close and him and Francis and like them, you know, building a place that it was safe enough that he feels like he cannot just say this to them, but say it to a camera and say it realistically. And like the the craft and skill and tender touch you have to have to get yeah. something like that out of somebody just a documentary, is an incredible though. it's just documentary 
That's fine. Not, documentaries no, right? are good. It's, and you have, you have to be it's, good it's to make not, a good documentary. Different. It's yeah. different than documentary. It's not the same thing. I yeah, mean, I think the part is my, my main, my only real drawback. I think the movie was good, but also a little boring. And that's because there's not a lot of story because it's just real. And so they stitched right. some story together. But there's no real growth and development for anybody, and so it feels just, it just it just was a little boring. I I I mean I, I would disagree. I think the story. I mean it's definitely it's not like an action packed, um, plot heavy movie. It's a character study, and it's it's a thing about like I I think that one I there's a few things I kind of really took from this movie. One kind of how um, forward looking it is. I do think that besides you know people being inspired by this movie, just as Things change in this country as we kind of go more and more into like this just forgotten class of people and people just being left behind. Um, this kind of lifestyle is going to become more and more common. You know, I think that it is certainly a very future looking type movie in terms of that. Um, but also, I think like what this kind of the movie is about, like that's why the Amazon stuff didn't really bother me because I genuinely believe that this character played by Francis McDormand wouldn't care or wouldn't have a problem with it, right? Yeah, I think like, she probably would not. No, that well, and like I think that's a part okay, of it that is yeah. like very real to me, and like why I was able to kind of like, you know, I think that especially with sort of the union stuff that's happening with them is like with Amazon right now. It's like, those are more people who are working there every day, who have a community to support, who are thinking about their towns and their family and their children. Mm -hmm. now, this is a person, and this is a, a world of people who don't have anything tying them down like that. Don't have anything that they really like care and are investing in because they're just trying to survive and try to fill a hole in themselves. Right. So like, that's right. the, why the, the stuff that I think that makes this movie really powerful and moving is that it's it's really more about like i said this forgotten group of people that we just I, don't I, see i think there know? i think there is a problem though and i feel like maybe uh, so i the second i got i finished this movie i went to uh me and my friends have like a, a private discord and i i went to our movie channel and i was like i just watched nomad land loved it and then my friend sean did that thing he just he and he right away it was I don't just know like if he sean just is typing and it was long enough that you got really anxious yeah i was like uh oh what's what am i about to learn and here's the problem people are criticizing the amazon thing but not everybody is getting all the way to the root of it it's weird he like dug a little further the problem is that in the book people that are even featured in the movie get hurt working for amazon like bad things happen to them so it's not like this is just a movie that glazed over the fact that working at these Amazon warehouses is horrible and nightmarish. Uh, it's that they took they took stuff out of the book, out of the story. They chose not to tell those parts of the story because, because if it they would did, Amazon wouldn't let them film in and the warehouse. It, and it sucks because it's Catch-22 because why would Amazon agree to yeah. let them shoot there yeah. right. if they were going to have this bad stuff in it? I don't want to be completely unreasonable in this critique because I would say... The stuff I really liked about Nomadland, I don't think will be topped by any of the other movies, but it's got this little turd in it 
for me. It's a <laughs> and, and I think little the, piece and, that and I that don't like. And that is so in, is so carefully tied to the way the movie is made because they couldn't just call it Schmamazon and then have it be a fake warehouse because uh-huh. everything else is about real workers and the real exactly. images in the real place. So you had to make this compromise. It needs to be authentic, right? But yeah. then how does how do be authentic and then kind of be like Amazon be nice to us. Also, we're going to give you the, we're going to, we're going to tell the truth about you. Corporations do not tell the truth. Why would they? Yeah. It'd be yeah, Amazon. Like you can't like no reporter can get inside an Amazon warehouse. Like they are incredibly strict. Yeah. So you had to, they had to agree to a lot of this all up front to get that filming. And they made that choice, which is, so I don't know. Yeah, it's you're like, right. That's a really tough. good point. It's, it's so yeah. crummy. See, like I, it's, I, it's literally a conflict. I'm, I am conflicted in thinking about mm-hmm. this movie because there's so many things I liked about it so much. Yeah. And then there's just this problem in the middle. Well, yeah, there can be a movie that you really like with a turd in the middle of it. That's yeah. fine. It's just yeah. like an average five gallon bucket. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like what a great bucket. Ah, but there's this turd in the middle of it because yeah. I live in a van. I do think that it is like um, if the movie had less going for it, like that would certainly annoy me way more. Right. Um, that I think that like kind of like what you said that there's so much stuff that's really good about this movie, yeah. and really interesting and well made, and uh, that like that's the type of stuff. And because I do like genuinely buy that this character is somebody who is just so head down just trying to survive stuck in these little patterns and moving from place to place um like i'm surprised like i think that some of the more interesting stuff in the movie is like when she goes to visit her sister and they're sort of her they're like her sister and her, her sister's husband are like real estate people and sort of the discussion they have about what that means and sort of the dichotomy between them like i think that stuff's really interesting i do wish there was more of that in the movie yeah then uh, that just all turned out fine yeah and it wasn't even that it was like a little awkward and then it was like oh but her sister loves her and she doesn't yeah. care and she leaves but i mean that's like family like that's the stuff that feels really real i mean the least realistic thing in this movie is that incredible california mansion that davis <laughs> said there well but the location was shitty it was really far away i mean if that's Wait, what? What's shitty to you yeah, it was just like it's well you could build I mean yeah, like you build that house within 3 hours of uh anything to do and you couldn't it wouldn't be affordable but you put it out in the middle of nowhere, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. I I think that the um I think that the uh my my issue with it with the just the the pacing and the it just feels a little bit um meh to me and I I feel like the the answer that it's like a character study or a slice of life are things people just say when a movie is like missing something that's enjoyable and that's fine. You're just saying, are yeah, we labeling this as missing well, a thing you like? that's wrong. I mean, that's yeah. not, that's not fair. You just took a whole style of storytelling and said like, and so it's like, actually an so, excuse. It's not well, real. Well, no, it's like, not an excuse. You're just labeling it up front. You're like, Hey, if you like a thing, it's not going to be here. Don't expect this thing. And so I like that thing and I get bored when it's not happening. So yeah, yeah I mean, that's the thing. That they you, I'm I not think it's fair for you to say that it's boring for you, but yeah, I, I, I think leaving the air in, in the story and, and having it feel more episodic has a quality to it that I can't get from, you know, just like a, a movie that's just trying to tell me a straight story with, you know, act one, act two, act three. 
I it, mean, Hunter, I, to be fair, I, I think, like, Alex is mostly trying to say this movie would be better with murder robots in it. Uh, <laughs> type of entertainment well, it had murder robots. They were brought to you by Amazon, and they were right. only friendly in this version. Yes, that's, that's true. Uh, <laughs> they're sweet. They're, they're nice. They they're don't so kill cute. anyone. They're so cute. They're yellow. What I'm, I guess what, what I mean is, like, for me, it's just, like, I, I feel like that's fine. It's just, like, it's going to feel a little boring, and I would like to have learned more about... There are so many things that I thought were super interesting that I didn't get to find out about, and I think their relationship to Amazon is more interesting. I think her relationship with her sister, where her sister is like, look, you, we represent everything you hate, and you're mean to us, and you don't want to stay with us, but also, I love you, and I care for you, and I really want to help, and I will do anything to help you, and then she's like, nah. Like, that's a super interesting relationship we know nothing about. Her relationship with David is like, wow, she just doesn't have any interest in telling us anything that's going on. So we just see like, I feel like France McDormand plays a grumpy black box this entire movie. And I expected at some point we would get a hint inside of it, especially if it's a character study. I feel like this is a character study the way like a true crime story is a mystery where in the end we don't know who did the crime. So I mean, we, I, it was a character study and we just lost. We just didn't get her character at the end. I, I I I would disagree with that, um, but like again, your mileage is gonna vary. Like this, I think that this yeah, is oh, definitely yeah, yeah, the type 100%. of movie that like um, you're gonna get different stuff out of it. You know, it definitely. And I know Alex, you definitely you know don't want to cross the you know the Chinese government, and they are right. very <laughs> anti this movie. Yeah, uh, to be clear, I also so, do not want to cross uh, yeah. Amazon uh, but, because yeah. they'll kill me. But I mean, because of the you know Chloe and her Chinese. Um, Heritage and controversy over there. You're definitely, you know, you you stand. I'm trying to stay on the right side yeah. of it. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's why you're dragging the movie down. I'm we glad we talked that. about the Amazon thing. I think that's really important. I also would like one of the thing. One of the tiny thing that bugged me was just that the story about a city that compl- like a modern ghost town, a city that completely ceased to exist. The zip code was discontinued in yeah. 2011 because it one business closed. Is so interesting. And it's basically just a title card at the beginning. And then we see a house at the end. And I would love to learn see, more about that story. I, I feel like we got teased a fascinating story. It, it, it is. It's ever present, right? It's, yeah. It is the, it's the reason sure. yeah. why everything you're seeing. I would love to get more happen. of that and instead of I, just the buck, the lady. With right. The but the, it kind of just comes back down to the same thing where it, you, what you would like is a story that gives you a capital S story with, with kind of all of the, the normal, uh, expectations yeah, of that because otherwise it's just a documentary but if the, there's no strength, story and it's the strength people. of not doing that though here let me let, I, I just want to like try and because we've we've heard a lot of uh it's just boring and stuff and i just i just want to try and say that like like the aspect of this that really appeals to me is that when you say hey here's here's your your three-act structure here's here's your story there is a meta aspect to that where i start bringing in expectations that can kind of make the movie feel like less free for me. Mm. You know what I mean? If we, if mm. we get, let's say we get 30 minutes into a movie and I've seen enough to know that this is your regular movie type movie. It's going to tell me a story. It's going to deliver the goods. There's a certain satisfaction to it, Alex. I'm not trying to say that it isn't satisfying. It definitely is. But when I see a movie like that, I can start connecting the dots by myself. When I see a movie like Nomadland, which this feels weird to say, because I'm not trying to say that when I watch a movie like Nomadland, I'm like, anything might happen because that's not true it's this movie set in this is a grounded movie set in the real world it's not like i at you know the 45th minute godzilla is gonna attack like you i know there are some expectations i have but as far as where this story is going at any given beat i have no expectations 
as far as what is what is going to happen. And there's something uh, exciting about that that feels like you can do a lot of moments that you would never do in uh, a big, normal, three-act structure story. Yeah. Uh, and, and seeing something different just feels good to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I, I would completely agree with all of that. And I would say to the kind of the point about the Empire Nevada factory shut down is that I, I think a, a big part of this movie and kind of what it's trying to say and kind of what it's doing is that these things are business as usual, right? That the Empire Nevada and the the you know town going under because one place shut down is not unique to Empire Nevada, right? That's happening all over this country every day. Entire towns are being decimated by the loss of a single industry, right? And it's the fact that like it's not given any kind of special thing because it's not. This is just what capitalism does to people, especially when it has no more use to them. And that the movie's really more about like how does the person survive and what is like buying into the American dream your whole life only to have the American dream give you the finger and kick you out on your ass at an old age. Like, what does that do to you? What is that? You know, what is so not I, being in there though? Yeah. Like you're like right up on that theme and that idea. And it's like, why, why couldn't we see a little bit of the actual mechanics of the system being like, I'm going to, just going to put my thumb down on these people. Yes. I don't I, care. That, exactly. About I think that's exactly right. I totally agree. And I was like all set to move on to the next, to use that to transition to the next movie. But the way you set that up, Anthony is a bunch of questions. And what I felt like the, the movie felt like was good question. Keep asking them. It just got so close to answering them or telling me something about it. And then I didn't, I don't know what she's thinking at any given time. I don't know much of anything that's going on in her head because she's such a black box that I feel like I don't see that that's like, it doesn't seem like she's mad about it. She might be just fine. She has options. She doesn't like those options. I don't know why. It's just kind of like she just goes and stands in the middle of a weird rock channel for a while and then walks back. And I would just like a tiny bit even more would be it would have made it infinitely more satisfying for me. I yeah, I, I think did. I liked that you parts and I just wanted it to be one percent more. Your mileage is gonna vary, you know. Again, Alex likes I got very not so much mileage. Normal uh studio. Uh he's a big DC fan. So we're gonna move on from yeah. that. I uh, like that discussion, by the way. I, I think it's an interesting discussion. I, I feel do, like you guys were nicer to me than you could have been. So that's yeah, important. I do now want to um, cut Godzilla into no man land like halfway through. <laughs> Why not? Just see, that's that's another thing I've always thought is like I, I want more movies that trick you at the halfway point or like this yeah. is a different type of movie. Oh, I love movies. This. Can you do give it, me examples like of this? I, the well, only one I can think of is Dusk Till Dawn. Well, I would say sure. uh, my the best version of this that I could Dusk Till Dawn is a pretty good example. But like the best example is um, Jonathan Demi's Something Wild. Uh, which oh it's fucking awesome it's a great movie yeah it's got jeff daniels um uh what is the female lead in that but it's a a silly uh sex romp comedy about this yuppie who meets this crazy lady and goes on a road trip and it's like a fun genre comedy until uh ray Liotta shows up in one of his first roles 
like exactly at the halfway point, and it becomes a completely different movie from there on out. Interesting. Everything about it changes. It's fucking I awesome. I can see why people would hate that, so I can understand why it doesn't get to happen that often, yeah. but it is kind of fascinating what it does. But, I mean, like, Jonathan Demi would do that a lot, like, trying to change genres, yeah. movies, but something wild kind of, I think, like, infamously does it the best, but it, uh, it's incredible. Like, when... I kind of feel bad even saying it, because it is, like... Hey, don't say it. That's enough. Once, I'm good. But, I'm, but, I mean, like, this is the fact that this happens because it is like once he shows up uh, and like the movie completely changes, it really throws you for a ride. But all right. Yeah. So it's Ray Liotta, too. So I can imagine what kind of movie it becomes just from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So we are on our theme of uh, of the American dream. So we're going to do mm-hmm. another movie about that and then read some mail and get out of here. For segment two today, we're talking about another Oscar-nominated American dream movie, Minari, the 2020 film written and directed by Lee Isaac Chung, a semi-autobiographical drama starring Stephen Young from Walking Dead Hell and yeah. Yeon Yoon Jung, um, who is nominated for Best Supporting, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And you can watch this movie for the low, low price of $20 on yeah. YouTube. Uh, 20 whole or dollars. Amazon. I mean, it's... Or Amazon, yeah. It is... I mean, it's cheaper than what my wife and I going to the movies would have paid. Uh, I know. I, I keep so, going back like, and forth in my head because it's cheaper than if we went to a movie. But on the other hand, it's way more expensive than if we just watch Netflix. And so, but it feels in practice more like the free things than like the $20 thing. Well, right? I, I personally, this is the type of movie that like I, I, I do, I am happy that I, Pit down twenty dollars to support a film yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm certainly don't mind that. Um, and you know, like if you want to see it before the Oscars, it's kind of the only options you can. And this is certainly the type of movie that, like, I I think like throwing twenty bucks at this is the least we could do for oh, them yeah. making something so good. Like, so absolutely, I um, would 100 percent think you should send twenty dollars to not even watch it. If you if you're not going to watch yeah. it, just send them twenty dollars. Um, <laughs> Especially compared to like Disney, where you already subscribe and they want you to pay thirty dollars for a new movie that they phoned in, this is so interesting and and good. So just yeah, I guess we'll set up our positions a little more obviously here. But I just loved this movie, and I think it had something, a lot of things about it where I I could feel how I could not like it. I'm a little surprised I liked it as much as I did, but I did. So let me give you the micro summary of Minari. So the year is 1983 and America is not yet ready for the likes of me, but they're almost, um, but they are ready for the Lee family to move to Oklahoma and start a farm. What? Arkansas. They're in Arkansas. It's filmed in Oklahoma, but it's set in Arkansas. Or do they they drive to Oklahoma to sell stuff? they anyway, drive probably yeah. yeah i think they did go to oklahoma city actually yeah I which got actually speak. doesn't make a lot at of sense because you at would the just very, yeah, yeah the last um okay well so fascinatingly uh well i didn't even realize that how much more interesting this is for our panel because we have an expert on living in the woods of arkansas oh yeah yeah but, uh so they moved to the woods of arkansas uh to hang out with hunter's family and start a farm Um, mom and dad work in the chicken butt industry, but dad dreams of running a future proof business, a small family farm. Uh, he's, uh, he's not ever brought this up to his partner because their communication skills are not great. Um, but they do get to hang out with the world's coolest grandma who lives with them and plants an invasive species of water celery that'll destroy the entire ecological system. Cutest 
child actor yes. I've ever seen in my entire life. Like uh, on the list of things against this movie going in, it's these two child actors, and they rule. They're oh, they're so yeah. great. There's um, a um, a sequence that I'm so curious if like the kid did it or if it was the director's thing, but there's a scene in which David the child eats a banana. That is just like, I don't know how you direct a kid <laughs> to open a banana like that. Did the kid just do it and they film? Like, it's just, it's one of those things that is like, how do you make this? How do you like describe to a child? I want you to do it like this. Uh, or does the kid just do it and you film it? And like, I think, yeah, I think David you actually, such what, a so genius here's my movie. guess is that this probably was filmed sort of uh, Fincher style where it was like 2000 takes of that banana. So they set this kid up with the banana and was like, here a case of bananas. And they're like, you have to open each of these different and we, you can't get, you can't see your parents again until you've opened all these bananas. <laughs> That's what I think. That's probably um, right. I do think, I think it is funny that uh, this and No Man Land are both technically period movies. Yeah, they are. <laughs> no Man Land is, you know, closer. It takes place in like 2011. 2011. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, Hunter, as someone who lives in Arkansas, even though this was filmed in Oklahoma or whatever, mm-hmm. there's the fact that there are so many points in this country, uh, especially in this movie that I was watching, this movie takes place in 1983. And they were like these, you know, like downtown city um, locations they go to. And I was like wondering, like, did they have to do any set dressing to make this look like 1983? <laughs> or is that just literally how this place looks? Yeah. Every day. That's how Tulsa looks. Yeah. No, I, it was it was very easily identified as Tulsa that they were shooting in uh, yeah, it, to it me. Just, yeah. Go ahead on. Yeah, although they, uh, the I did notice uh, there is a shot where they're all inside a car, and you know it's like, oh, we can see the outside. How do we cover up the fact that it's not exactly looking like that? And, and they just have everything outside the window is just out of focus, which is mm. kind of a a mm. funny touch. To a me. little trick, so, yeah. So yeah. we the buildings, yes, it's so easy to be like, this is the eighties with the buildings. The cars, we got to just blur them all out. Yeah. And that's what they did. But yeah, yeah. it worked. Yeah. Um, I was just watching uh, Perry Mason, which is like, uh, which is a period thing. And it's all, it's like, a, it's it's probably the most expensive old car movie I've ever seen. There's Or show I've ever seen. There's just so many cars from the 20s in this mm-hmm. movie that are functional, that people are in, they crash 1920s cars. And this movie was like, what if we just don't show the cars? Won't that save us a penny? They had yeah, I mean, four. They had four old cars uh, for one scene. I noticed that. Uh, so they they did they did do some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, just to wrap up the summary, because I'm not I don't want to spoil much. It's not super action heavy, but there's some stuff in it. But I just mostly I would say characters study slice of life, slice of Arkansas life in the 80s. But the main thing is nobody poops in a bucket. Although one person yeah. does pee in a cup. So yeah, that's a true. Yeah. A bowl, sorry. Well, somebody yeah. pees in a bowl, so similar, but not um, the same. Yeah. Uh, Dad, you know, you talk about that Amazon product placement. The, God, the Mountain Dew product placement in this <laughs> yeah. movie is insane. Yeah, um, yeah with, they did. Did, with period did. Mountain Dew labels. Yeah, right? and just children carrying... This just, like, makes me feel old, is that as I get older, and it's like a small child carrying a large glass bottle, I'm just like, somebody help him! He's a kid! He shouldn't be doing that! He's Yeah, your dad instincts are taking over. Yeah, like, really kicking in. Um, That's funny. Um, I did like the, yeah, I don't, the the mountain water idea, and I, yeah, 
grandma is so surprising and delightful and that's one of the early grandma hints that you're going to just love this person is that she is that the kid lies to her is can i spoil this kid lies to her and says that mountain dew is actually just a fancy local mountain spring water and she just was really funny loves it and just keeps drinking it and is like not mad she, she doesn't it's not like a trick she's just like wow this is great can you bring me some more of that mountain water and then they just love it but yeah, she uh, is um, Yoon uh, Young. Yu Young is how you pronounce her name. The grandmother. Um, yeah, she is fucking phenomenal. Gives she's one so of the best good. performances I've oh seen. Oh my god, I love hilarious. She's so um, she's so funny. She's, Every she's scene hilarious. she's in, I'm so impressed. And um, the, the a thing that happens to her. Yeah. I don't there's want to some, spoil too much, but some like range. the the yeah the the thing that happens and the way she changes from a performance standpoint oh is one of the best th- impressive so, things I've ever seen in the movie. So phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I just adored her so much. Uh, yeah. It's a, uh, I believe it's close to, it's pronounced like hominy in Korean is the um, grandmother and she just rules. Yeah. And even, even though like, no matter what David says, he says she's not a grandma. I wish to God I had a grandma like that growing up. Oh my gosh, uh, yes. Yeah, everybody, if, if everybody had that grandma, we would all rule as people. Yeah, we would I all be so much better off. Who didn't want me to get punished and wanted to watch wrestling with me, it'd be yeah. the greatest thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But, oh man, it's so great. I love but, it. Uh, yeah, all the performances in this movie, besides the yeah. kids, Steven Yoon, yeah. who is someone who is like, I mean, like most people, I first saw him on The Walking Dead, which in yeah. retrospect, it is kind of funny how uh, I really hated that show. Uh, I liked the first season. I hated the second season. I checked hey, out. That's how um, I felt, too. But the I way really liked the first season and then the second season very early on, I was like, wait, did I hate this the whole time and I'm just now figuring it out or did it get way worse? Yeah, well, I mean, the the showrunner left unceremoniously and all that no. but okay so but it did the, get worse that helped the thing with the the walking dead is the amount of talent that has popped from it uh besides mm. like steven yoon first place i ever saw him uh john both what's his name that other actor who was in the first season of that mm. he's had a great career the female lead that uh steve is like dating in the second season she's gone on to do a lot of great stuff but it is for a show that has been you know, I thought it was pretty bad. The amount of careers it kind of launched is pretty yeah. cool. Like, I'm really happy that. Well, it's starting to be sort of like Law and Order, where it's been on for so long. Oh, if you yeah. act, you had to have been in an episode of that at some point. Mm. But uh, I just, specifically, the first season cast yeah, yeah. was uh, people that have all gone on to do just really great stuff. Uh and he is particularly incredible in this movie, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, I think he's so good. I mean, I, yeah, and and the mom is so good too, uh, Han Yiri. Um, yeah, just a just an excellent cast, and also sort of so things that I like that remind me of Nomadland um, is just the 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 way it catches captures the landscape. The the cinematography in this movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I don't know this area as well as I know uh, Nevada, Arizona, California. So for me, it was just so much more surprising and and just incredible to watch. Hunter, did you feel at home in the cinematography on this, or did it feel I was like confused it was not your as area? To, I was confused as to where they were uh, actually a little bit cheated. because you were like, it, this it, seems like more like Oklahoma. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I I knew they were in Oklahoma, but what I mean is, I I wasn't sure exactly where in Arkansas they were trying to tell me uh, that they were. 
um, which is obviously something only I will care about. <laughs> Everybody cares about. But, but I did care at one point. Uh, that it, at one point they referenced my neck of the woods, though. Very early on in the movie, um, uh, the mo- Monica, the mother, uh, is like, "We should move to Rogers." Rogers is like right by uh, where I live because oh, cool. she was like, "People actually live there." <laughs> um, but I think, I think. From the look of it, it looked pretty good if they were trying to do like a Texas side of Arkansas underneath the Ozark Mountains, but I'm not certain that's what they were going for um, because geographically she was like, we're some hours from Rogers, but they also drove to Oklahoma City and not Little Rock. Again, I've lost everyone. No one cares. <laughs> Only me. But Hunter, I cared and I was confused. But Hunter, I've not gotten to hear you go into these particular weeds before, and so I'm delighted by it. And Hunter, I was, you got- yeah, I just wanted to know. Just tell me where, because if they had mentioned even a county, I would have known exactly where right. we're talking. It well, never the, came up. The thing, Hunter, is you have to remember is that um, before you were born, they oh. decided like, oh, Hunter's on the way. We really need to clean this place up. So they <laughs> yes. redid all of it. <laughs> Uh, so this is like you know pre-hunter. Yeah, uh, yeah. They yeah, rearranged yeah. some stuff. Oh, they so yeah, they moved. Was... They moved part of Oklahoma. Um, it's all different now. Yeah. Um, did you recognize? Here's my question though. Did you recognize when he lifted a handful of that good Arkansas dirt? Were you like, "That's good Arkansas dirt," or do you think, "Ah, oh, that looks like Oklahoma dirt"? See that it just messed me up more because I was like, "Well, so we're talking good dirt, so we've got to be in the Delta, right?" But. What, why are they going to Oklahoma City if they're in the Delta? Because they'd well, be maybe right by Little Rock. Maybe Korean American population. They're not going to Little Rock, though? I don't You're know. Me... I don't know anything about Little Rock. Maybe they were avoiding Little Rock on purpose. Maybe Little Rock's done bad. Well, okay. I mean, Little Rock is a, a rougher city than Oklahoma City, but it doesn't, it's just, it just, I don't know. Again, it just, just made me question stuff. And if they had just if they had just told me where they were, I, that would have been the end of it for me. Okay, well, um, maybe so this is adjacent, not about the location exactly, but how fast are you at determining the sex of a chicken? Uh, you know, I was Arkansas? not gifted with those abilities. And I actually don't know anybody. I've known some people to do some stuff that they did <laughs> in that in that movie, but I have never known any chicken sexers. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, apparently the, there's like an you can learn it, but it's also got an innate sensibility to it. Yeah, it is. It is <laughs> funny the the things in movies. Like I know so little about foaming and chicken sexing and all this stuff that like I was thinking about this while I was watching it uh, last night about like th- this movie could show me literally them doing anything, and I'd be like, <laughs> oh, I guess that's how foaming works. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea. I, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so stick finds where the water is. That makes yeah, sense. Stick finds where the water is. Sometimes you gotta dig your own holes, and you yeah. know, have a crazy religious guy who comes and helps you with stuff. Yeah, the side um, characters like that guy was such an Will, interesting character. Will Patton's character, like I said, the yeah. everything involving. Um, I just knew so many people like that uh, growing well, yeah, up. So Maybe not is, that in- crazy, but. It's not quite, so it's obviously not quite as far as Nomadland, where it's just people playing themselves, but this clearly, like, without having to look it up, I could tell that this is a movie based somewhat on his childhood, because every character felt so vivid and lived in. He met these people. He must Mm -hmm. have seen these things for them to be this way. It was so specific, and that was just delightful. The people, I'll say this as an Arkansan, I felt like the people that were real good like it, it, it yeah. made it made a lot of sense to me all of it the the accents 
when the kids were like crazy racist with no idea. Yeah, yeah, they didn't know they it was. Being. They thought it was fun. The, yeah. I was like, those are some Arkansas kids right there. Yeah, I'm going to just say <laughs> syllables. You tell me if I accidentally speak <laughs> in Korean. Well, yeah, and that, I was just like, yeah. I, <laughs> me and Elena like gasped when, <laughs> when she started doing that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's awful. That is um, the type of stuff that is so lived in. You yes, can tell yeah, yeah, is yeah. like, and definitely, I mean, this is, you know, I, I don't, I can't necessarily relate to what it's like to be a, you know, first generation uh, Korean immigrant in the South in the eighties. But this is the type of movie that I think that uh, again, this kind of goes into the thing of what I've been talking about this episode a lot. Coincidentally, is like kind of getting older and the way things change and like, mm-hmm. As I've gotten older, especially the last few years, I sort of like have been working on thinking about how young my parents were when they had me and like re justifying by like pity myself and my parents. Like I'm 32. By this point, my parents had three 12 year olds. Oh, man. You know, like. um, Wow. Yeah. So like the idea that kind of rethinking about what drove my parents and these things that like really rubbed me the wrong way or make me angry or things I hold grudges about and trying to like working on forgiving and understanding what it was like to be young parents, you yeah. know? And I this, mean, a lot of our parents were in their early twenties and not a lot of our friends had kids in their early twenties. So it's yeah. a huge generational gap that way. Yeah. And there is something about like, uh, I think especially the, the everything is with the parents in this movie and the way the, what they fight about and why they're fighting and this uh the need that he the dad has about like making this firm work yeah right? and the mom's issues with it it just it really well, does they should communicate better but they were yeah. young yeah but it does make me feel like yeah that is what it's just so relatable, even though I, I can't relate oh, to yeah. specific instance, this idea of like yeah. rethinking about my parents. I, didn't, I, I, I just want, yeah, on that, my, I was just talking to my wife about this because, so we got married at 29 um, after dating for eight years um, at 28, 29. And uh, that's at the time we were like, we are so much older than all of our parents were when they got married right out of college and then had kids at 23. We really took our time. And now in our 30s, we're like, we were so young at our wedding. We <laughs> sure hadn't settled down at all when we did that. We had no idea what we were going to get up to. Like, it's a, it's very strange how, y- like, how young 29 feels. It's crazy. Um, I do want to transition from that, though, to talk about farming because you just mentioned about him wanting to make this farm work. And one thing that I loved about this movie is how much it reminded me of the farming game. And I've talked to you guys about the farming game before, but just to jog your memories, Hunter, this is one of the most interesting board games ever made, so you should probably do a podcast about it. It's called The Farming Game. It was made by a farmer in Washington State, and it sort of looks like a Monopoly board, but you go around the board and farming things happen to you, like bumper crop, or because it was from Washington State, sometimes um, the mountain explodes and you just have to deal with volcanic ash. Wow. Which actually happens like every two or three times around the board. It's a little more often than we actually had in that state. But anyway, it, you're doing all this. It, and the thing about the game is it was originally made to teach, I believe, farmers in Russia about farming American style. So they were like, play this game. You'll learn like what the business of farming is like. And the game is so brutally unfun. You just are constantly like God is shitting on you the whole game. Right. Like it's Horrible so impossible. Your, your point is to get to a certain amount of money or whatever. And you can't. It's just everything is awful all of the time and you never progress and the game takes way too long. And then the punchline of the game 
is that when you win, when you get enough money, it's after 15 years of running this farm that you now have enough money to quit your day job and be a farmer full time. <laughs> it's such it's the best game I've ever seen to teach you that life is impossible. And, yeah. uh, wow. and it's exactly what this, like, that's exactly what he's doing. His life farming is so brutal and hard. And his goal is just someday I want to quit my other awful job and right. do this exclusively. Right. It's yeah. so brutal. So I learned from the farming game to expect this, but that also felt very lived. And it's just like, what a miserable idea family farm is. Yeah. <laughs> just so hard. I'm looking at the box right now, and on the top it just says in letters that now seem very sarcastic, harvest the fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, it is objectively unfun to play. Like anything you like about Monopoly, they did worse. It's just like, it's just, it's like, it's, it's just so long and so slow, and you're just, your cattle die, and if you really want to make money, you got to go into fruit, but the fruit dies almost every time you go around the board. The volcano goes off so many times. It's really unfair, but um, yeah. <laughs> and I it's, mean, it's, yeah, this, Ugh. this movie, I you know it's, it's kind of hard to get a sense of sort of like the timeline of this movie in terms of like this movie can either take place over like nine months or two years. I'm honestly not sure. Um, mm. But I feel no, like nine months is more likely. But yeah, but, it definitely yeah, feels about like nine months a year or something like that. But like just even in the way, like the interesting ways this movie finds to show the difficult, uh, difficultness of farming, right? Yeah, and the trying to like literally build something. And I think that especially where this movie ends, which I don't want to go into here, yeah. but like, uh, and the kind of the the message that comes across in the very last line of dialogue in this movie, I think is like, it's so perfect. And it really yeah. like yeah. makes all the foaming stuff before really work. I mean, yeah. uh, this movie does, I think kind of fall into the, uh, uh, Dave Chen, who's a podcaster, the slash film cast has this joke about, uh, Danny Villeneuve films, how like all of his movies, um, pre Blade Runner, you could just be like, you know, his movies are just. Uh, but who's the real insert title of the movie? And, like that's what his movies about, like enemy. But who's the real enemy? Prisoners. <laughs> but who's, who's the, the real, real? real prisoners? <laughs> you know, a good joke. all of his movies are, are like that. The Arrival. But who's the real Arrival? Yeah, right. not the aliens. Right. Um. But Minari is a real, like... Who's the real Minari? Real Minari? <laughs> yeah, it's my main thought I had when I was finishing this. Is that Well, that's this, funny, like, yeah. Because there what? is... Because So Minari, I, I actually didn't sp spend any time thinking about this, but having read a little bit what Minari is, I'm now seeing where you're going with that, which right, is like... Yeah. So this Minari water celery is... She describes it as like um, a plant that grows like a weed, and so it is sort of democratized where like even if you're poor, you can eat plenty of Minari and be healthy, just like a rich person. And she plants this and it's trying to grow in the Oklahoma soil, just like this family is. Yeah. yeah Who's the real find, water celery? You got to just like find a spot and let it grow, good spot and let it grow. Right. Like, yeah. There were troubles with it and things happen, but like the Minari is a, like a really great metaphor 
for them. And, and it also is like, just on a little bit of a, on a small level, part of me would like to remind everybody you can't just take an invasive fast growing hardy plant from another country and just drop it in the woods somewhere and see what happens it's so dangerous oh actually i was i was reading something about that that where somebody was arguing that minari isn't invasive actually oh i don't know how it wouldn't be but yeah because she the way she described it i was it sounds like this is extremely invasive i mean the the, uh, just the amount that's there by the end of the movie is pretty shocking yeah Um, yeah yeah. It, it grows very well yeah um yeah, uh, it's not on yeah. this list of the fifteen worst invasive yeah. species in America, so that's good. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's rather tame as an invasive species. Okay, good, so I don't good. know. That's good. Um, the one other thing that I think is really important to talk about for me, or not important to talk about. The one thing that would be fun for me to mention is one of the reasons I was so delighted by this is because, as I've mentioned to you guys briefly before, I've been trying to learn Korean because I live in Koreatown and it feels like it would be rude oh, not yeah. to. And I just want to say I watched this entire movie that is in Korean. And I got two words the whole What'd time. You get? I only noticed two words. Well, I noticed Hanguge, which is Korean, and then uh, Chadungchaga, which is a car. And I caught both of those. Those uh, are weird it. catches. You didn't get like Kansamaida, like thank you. Well, no, be- partly because I feel like I've been learning. I think they were always speaking in a there's there's um, a, a formal and a an informal. Mm-hmm. And I've learned one and not the one they were using. <laughs> I oh. feel like. So every word had a different ending than I was used to. And, but here's, I guess, here's why I, this is my, well, first of all, I caught Chajungchaga because it's my favorite word in Korean because um, it means car. And it sounds like an old crappy car sound. It's, yeah, it's yeah. onomatopoeic. Um, and so it just makes me chuckle whenever I see it. Um, but I just want, this, this is just a, a good reminder to people, uh, I feel like, that I would like to remind you that when an app says, you can learn a language in just five minutes a day. It's a fucking lie. You can learn almost nothing in five minutes a day for a year. I've learned nothing. I know no Korean. It took me a year to get to this. Ter- I Like an hour in an hour a day for a week, I would know in one week, I would know more than I've learned in a year of five minutes a day. It is an impossible way with my dumb, slow adult brain synapses. This is an impossible <laughs> way to learn a language. Yeah, I, I well, I would say... I don't know. Keep at it. Try to because because, you know, compared to some other languages from the region, Korean is, I think, much easier to pick up. Very, very learnable. Yeah. The 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 alphabet alphabet is is much easier, much easier, a lot easier. Yeah. Um, It's also a really interesting language. I like so many things about it. It's just that five minutes a day is a good way for something to be forgotten by the next day. Like, uh, yeah, there, there was a thing in this movie that I had forgotten about. Uh, that I was pleasantly reminded of, which is like one of my favorite. It's just like a weird little custom thing, but it's just, it's just like something that sticks out in my brain. When you hand someone money uh, in Korea, it's customary to either use both of your hands when handing the mm. the money over, like you're like holding the the cash on like either side, or you can like use one hand, but you grip your wrist with your other hand. It's oh. it's very cool. And the grandmother yeah. hands some money. Uh, to um, her daughter at one point and does it just like that. And it just like took me back uh, so much. It's a fun thing to do too. If like, I don't know, you live in Koreatown, so I don't know, maybe you would actually have a opportunity to do that. So or do it, it sometime. Would it seem and I like I was being silly? Like, would it be insulting in some way? I don't think it would be insulting. I think they would be like, ah, oh, that's, I, I don't know. Well, I, I certainly I don't like use cash. So that's hard fun. to imagine anyway. But yeah, I could hand my credit card with two hands. I mean, it's polite. It's considered polite. So right. I mean, I don't okay. see why it would be a problem. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. cool. Okay. I, um, 
to kind of get back to the film, just thinking about it, especially after seeing it. Um, can we talk about how much of a how bullshit it is that this was up for best foreign language at the Golden Globes rather than best motion picture? Well, um, so yes, a hundred percent, I agree with that. But also, it seems like everything I've heard about the Golden Globes is bullshit. I like I haven't heard a single yeah, yeah. non bullshit thing about this. I just, this I just word specifically term. after seeing the movie. Um, yeah, so just the fact that this is such a a movie about America. Yeah, it's the most the American, American movie. Dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is the most American movie I have seen this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. and it is. It really gets to um, so much about the American dream and what that means. And uh, it's just to see that is just it's wild. Uh, and I'm really glad that this wasn't like pit up for best foreign film at the Academy Awards, and it's just up there with best picture. Um, yeah. Well, so makes let's, me really, let's, really happy. Perfect, perfect point to transition to this. What do you think are either of these movies' chances in the best picture category this year? Um, I'd be fine if Minari won. That's how I feel. Yeah, like, I would I think be it totally was a, fine. I, if I think it, won, it was a good yeah. movie. Yeah. I think it was really charming and 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 cool. Uh, I don't think it was like the most interesting movie I've ever seen. I agree, but with that. Yeah. I would totally be chill with it with it winning. Yeah, my heart would be very happy with it. I I don't think my brain thinks it's going to happen. Um, I mean, it would be really cool. It's, for, heat. it's like it's like yeah. it, this is a freaking crowd pleaser of a movie. I cannot imagine anyone watching this movie and coming out and being like, "Well, that sucked." You'd have to Shoot. be real, real dark in the heart. Yeah. I mean, I think the most fucked up thing about it is that, in a lot of ways, I could see the main thing running against this is the fact that they just gave Parasite Best Picture yep. last yep. year. Yep, and yep. it's like, okay, this is an American movie starring Koreans. That's a Korean film. Uh, but like the idea that so much you read like these pieces about like what Oscar voters really think, and it's yeah, yeah. To be clear, uh, what I was saying, yeah, like too, that. is I have also seen speculation that Oscar voters think that way. That's not that. That's how I think it should be. To be yes. right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yes, I have also read that. But it would be really cool to see. I do think that uh, you know, like as somebody who is kind of like an Oscars nerd and awards nerd, there's like there are certain things. Right? There are certain like. Um, like Chloe Zhao winning the BAFTA for Best Director, I think pretty much guaranteed she's gonna win Best Director. At the See, that's what I want. It's I would usually, love a split. I would love her to yeah. get Best Director and then Minari to win Best Picture overall. Yeah. I do. I'd be, be cool. down for that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. There, there's always you can kind of see that, like as awards building up to the Oscars, kind of build. Like I do think the grandmother in this movie will probably win Best Supporting Actress yes, because she yes, has won yes. so many other awards leading up to this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, so where this the- is why we should not, because I've one, one time before I was in a betting pool with you on Oscars, and this just reminds me why I definitely should not bet anything of consequence with you on our predictions for this, this <laughs> year, because I don't know what the BAFTAs are, and I did not know that she had won. And so I'm feeling like I was going to say, because my, my feeling is 100% confident Mank is going to win Best Picture because it's about how cool Hollywood is, and they like voting for things that are up their own asses. But I don't know, the. but obviously there's a better system out there, and you're employing it and I'm not familiar, so we should not bet anything. Yeah, prob- probably not. I but mean, this, was, is, this is like if this is like we uh, we sat down at a poker table, and I was like, "It's five card draw, right?" That's how I feel with you on this gambling situation. But <laughs> the thing is, like, you know, the Oscars have you know changed their rules a lot the last few years. They've kicked out a lot of older members and added a lot of younger ones the last mm. few years to try to fix some of the issues they've had. So, like, maybe all of these sort of 
classic um, rules of thumb you could use was going to go out the window. So who knows? Okay. But oh, so maybe I, I can use it. My idiot confidence will actually help over your outdated yeah. knowledge. Yeah, I do think, though, that this movie is, of all the Oscar movies this year I've seen, I do think I like Minari the best out of all of them. Um, I'm, I I did like Mank a lot, but I feel like this, I yeah, I just was so surprised and delighted by this movie. It was, yeah, yeah I really, really liked it. So I, I would be very I, comfortable I with this. agree, but I feel like this year it wasn't a very high bar to clear <laughs> yes yes uh, I wanna, i'm just trying to like i i i really like this movie but i don't want to like overstate how much i liked minari right. for some reason sure. i don't know why yeah. that's just like in my heart right now i'm just like i don't i don't want to act like it for like because i would vote if, if i got to vote right now i would vote on minari but i feel like you toss minari into into last year you know you I you toss minari into the 2019s minari, it's yeah. a footnote it's yeah. not gonna even make my top five you know? Well, I don't remember all the other ones from last year, but there was some crap. There's always some crap. There's so some it would crap, make my top three. There's definitely probably. some crap that gets nominated for Best Picture. But what I mean is, overall, when I 2019 was, it was a, a bigger I, year. It was a good year for movies. Okay. Yeah. And there was a lot of really good stuff. You mean Joker? And this year, the movies just aren't up to the same. Well, I mean, even movies that didn't get nominated, just mm-hmm. movies in general that I saw that were new that came out last year. Eh. Never. The year never defined itself too much because of. Obvious reasons, I know. But. All right, so I got two quick emails I want to read, and then we are going to wrap for the day. All right, so we got a really brief dip into the mailbag, but an important one, uh, a couple of comments on Facebook that I want to read. Uh, first up from Robin, you may remember last week, Robin told me that her cat likes when you guys are mean to me and so which i was not thrilled with and so robin added as a consolation alex my cat also likes to torture any creature smaller than himself and he phone banked for scott walker in the last election wow so i like every cat except robin's cat that's my official stance this is the only bad cat (laughs) this is better than like the racist cats in that cat disney movie this is a worse cat oh yeah Forgot about those. Has Disney tried to cut those out yet? I, they probably have Wait, a big warning what, on what, Disney's streaming. Right? What movie are you talking about? Aristocats? Isn't that what oh, it is? Wait, is it? Is the... Uh, now is I gotta the, look. Are you gonna yeah. make me look up something racist right now? Yep, yep, yep. It's not It's not Aristocats. It's, um... I mean, there's Song of the South, but I don't know if there's any cats no, in no. that. That... Uh, 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 Lady in the Tramp. It's Lady, Lady the Tramp. in the Tramp. Yes, that's, that's the Siamese is. cat song. Oh, yeah. I mean, didn't they just remake that in live action? Like yeah, a year I think they, ago? they They yeah. probably left it out of the. I don't have to check. I'm pretty sure they left it out of the, the remake. But I was just the, wonder wait, if the I old movie still there was has a live it action Lady in the Tramp last yeah, year. Yeah, went straight yeah. to Disney Plus. It had. Oh, her. is it good? No, I, why would I know that? I don't know. I <laughs> you, didn't see you watched it. every movie I've ever heard of. So I, did, I didn't watch it. I bet it's not good. I don't like the yeah. Disney remakes. Hot take, but yeah, I, don't, I have well, not. Okay, liked that's any not of that hot of a take. But I do like dogs in real life more than I like them in cartoons. So I like a real dog. I like good dog acting. Well, I don't. Well, they real. There's a I think it's a thing. CG dog in yeah. real no, no, life. Real, uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks they, like from this trailer, they are probably mostly real and occasionally CG. Okay. Okay. Um, you guys like sort of like a, the behind the journey. behind the scenes footage of that Harrison Ford dog movie that had a CG dog oh, in it. Um, uh, but they they yeah. had a guy in like a motion capture suit playing the dog on the set. 
uh, which I can't imagine Harrison Ford really enjoyed any of. All the while. Uh, yeah, that looks yeah. so bad. Yeah. That trailer for that, the dog looks insane. The dog looks so undog-like. We just, yeah. It's like, it's just Harrison Ford hanging out with the cartoon. It's very strange. Oh my God, this is hilarious, though. The behind the... Seeing him. Oh, yeah, yeah, dog co-star. Oh, my God. oh he's got his little mail in his mouth. He's so cute. <laughs> that's oh, really good. Good boy actor. That's really funny. Oh, that's so funny. I'm sure Harrison Ford was uh, very polite to that gentleman every day and never said any grumpy, weird, mean stuff to him. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I mean, that's this is one of the things that makes uh, acting actually impressive to me is that that guy had to look at this man in a gray jumpsuit with little visual targets all over his body pretending to be a dog and had to be like i'm acting towards you as if you're a dog like that's Just impressive harrison ford rubbing his temples between takes being like <laughs> you crashed your last plane you need to buy a new one harrison okay you're doing this for the plane all right, right. One more uh, message that I wanted to read, which is from Hannah. Last week, I mentioned how terrified I am of spiders and how they're ruining Australia. You guys remember that discussion where we did not uh-huh. really help the meat buddy? Yeah, um, I, I, so, I thought we did a great job and really helped them out. Okay, it's possible. So Hannah says, Alex, I know you hate spiders, but the vermin plague happening in New South Wales in southeastern Australia right now is so much more horrifying to me. And then sent along this article from The Guardian titled, You Can't Escape the Smell. Mouse plague grows to biblical proportions across Eastern Australia. Uh, the story reads: Local, in part, locals have who have endured months of mice and rats getting into their houses, stores, and cars are praying heavy rain will help wipe them out. Wow! There are so many rats and mice in Australia that they're hoping that they all drown together. Um, it seems everyone in the rural towns of Northwest NSW and Southern Queensland has their own mouse war story. In posts online, they detail waking up to mouse droppings on their pillows, watching the ground move at night as hundreds of thousands of rodents flee from torchlight beams. Oh, uh, my God. One woman described her friend uh, stripped the fabric of her armchair when it began to smell, only to find a nest of baby mice inside the arm. Uh, one resident walked out of the shower on Friday morning to see a mouse staring at her from the ceiling vent. Uh, and you can't do anything about it because they're all out of traps. Dude, um, yeah, I'm so, looking at some images here. Yeah. Not good. I'm so <laughs> sorry, y'all. Oh, my God. I mean, if there's... Look, I do feel a little bit bad. However, I will say, if there's one thing the universe has been very clear on up to this point, it's that you should not live in Australia. You were warned that this place is not habitable. No, this is not my take at all. Listen, if you're listening to me right now and you're in this mouse plague... Hit me up. I will Venmo you some trap money. I'm not saying that you don't have the money to buy traps. I'm saying this looks awful. Let me buy you a trap. Let me help. Okay. Well, I, you can't. They're out of traps. They're all sold out. You should Venmo well, them a trap. Well, let what? me mail. Like, I will mail. Let, send yeah. me your address. Let me mail you some mouse traps, some American mouse traps. I will mail them to you. I think the real question here is. Uh, why are the Australian cats sleeping on the job? Why yeah, they just get some more cats. cats? Also my snakes, mom has right? 10 cats. You want some of my cats? Yeah, mail them a cat. But also, there's like, it's a country full of snakes, right? Get the snakes out here. They love mice. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I just can't believe this is happening. I'm awestruck. And, yeah, send a bunch of snakes, and then when you're all the mice are dead and you have too many snakes, we'll send a bunch of mongoose. We'll, we'll, and no, then no. after the mongoose, 
snakes are dead. Uh, all the snakes are dead, and the monkeys okay. are everywhere. So we'll this send is a, something else. Yeah, little this, old lady who swallowed a fly. Yeah, this is a fun <laughs> reference, but obviously there's a we have we've got a better solution. If there's too many snakes, send an Irish priest. Bam. That's all you do. Then you get a fun holiday. Everyone wears green and gets drunk, and you don't have any snake story. Ooh, about. St. Patrick's Day too. <laughs> <laughs> And that is going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to send us along the horror going on in your country, you can go to podcast at read-weep.com. Send us a little email. We would love to hear about it. Next week, we're going to be back talking about our full Oscars predictions. We're going to do a full episode talking about uh, Anthony's going to explain to me what BAFTA is probably and how the system used to work. The British Academy Awards. Okay. Good to know. You get it now. Yeah, that's it. That's the only I'm going to cut say. this so we can talk about it next week. Um, I'll forget by next week because we only did this for five minutes a day. Anyway, I we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a couple of more movies. We're going to fill out the blanks in the movies we didn't get a longer t- discussion about for the Best Picture nominations. We are going to uh, perhaps gamble non-money on the outcome because Anthony knows more than me. All of that and more next week uh, on the show. Please join us again and let us know. What you think, send along. Uh, I'd love your wildest Oscar predictions. I'd take some bold takes. Would be fun. Um, some outlandish ideas. Um, do you think maybe there's going to be a worse prank where they read the wrong name for something? Is it time for another big faux pas? It's been a couple years. I don't know. We'll find it's out. Good for no, Hey, there's no such thing as bad press. No kidding. I mean, that's the best. Yeah, right? That was probably great for the Oscars. What? You, don't, mm-hmm. you can't imagine what's going to happen next. You have to stay till the end. They might blow it in the very last minute. I mean, I don't know if you guys have re-watched that clip recently, but it is, it's like a renaissance painting. There's just so much going on on that stage. It's beautiful. It truly it really is, is an incredible thing to watch. I love it. Um, yeah, it's absolutely good. All right. So we will be back for that next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with me, Anthony. Bye. Have a good week. Uh, Hunter. Uh, yeah, bye. Good luck on your farm with your good dirt. I got the good dirt out here. You got to come on down. Got to come over to my house to get some of my good, good dirt. Someday I'd like to visit your dirt. Um, I eat it. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.